0: Buenos dias from VA. This is a Rorschach Venezuela update from the 19th of January 2023. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Thursday the 12th, in a national broadcast, Nicolás Maduro asked Joe Biden, President of the United States, to lift all sanctions applied to Venezuela. On Monday, the 16th, Ned Price, the spokesperson for the United States, responded to Maduro's request, saying that the U.S. will keep its policy of sanctions intact until concrete steps are taken for the, quote, return of democracy, end quote, in Venezuela. During the press conference, Price urged Maduro to sit down with the opposition to solve the problems of Venezuela and restore democracy and the rule of law. So far, Biden's government has lifted some of the sanctions after Maduro's regime reached an agreement with the opposition in the talks that are taking place in Mexico. Following this news on Tuesday, the 17th, after Price's statement, Jorge Rodriguez, president of the Chavista National Assembly, threatened to suspend the negotiation process with the opposition if the US maintains the sanctions against the Maduro regime. Next up, the U.S. once again keeps showing its support to the Venezuelan opposition. On Friday the 13th, Brian Nichols, Assistant Secretary of State for Western Hemisphere Affairs and diplomats of the Department of State, met with members of the Unitary Platform, a body made up of different opposition political parties, to reaffirm the support of the United States to bring free and fair elections to Venezuela in 2024. With this meeting, the U.S. ratified the recent support of the Biden-Harris administration for the 2015 National Assembly after the dissolution of Guaidó's interim government. Speaking of the unitary platform on Thursday, the 12th, Leopoldo López, National Coordinator of the Voluntad Popular Opposition Party, said that the unitary platform is infiltrated by political leaders who have a direct link with the Maduro regime. In an interview with the Venezuelan Foreign Press Association, López accused Tomás Guanipa, a former ambassador for the Guaidó administration in Bogotá, as one of the main suspects. Despite the accusations, López exempted the coordinator of the opposition delegation, Gerardo Blide, from responsibility. On the same day, the unitary platform issued a statement responding to López's accusations. The delegation emphasized that, quote, the adversary is in Miraflores and not among us, and that's why no one should attempt against the unit by making unfounded accusations and disqualifications against fellow fighters, End quote. Moving on, on Monday the 16th, Maduro announced that the country's ambassador to Colombia, Félix Plasencia, is retiring from office to exercise his duty, as Executive Secretary of the Bolivarian Alliance for the Peoples of Our America, or ALBA. In this sense, he pointed out that Plasencia is 100% incorporated into the tasks of Executive Secretary of ALBA to strongly promote the recovery of Petro-Caribe, an oil acquisition agreement between Venezuela and several Caribbean countries founded in 2005. Speaking of Colombia, on Friday the 13th, Freddy Bernal, governor of the state of Tachira, urges people to denounce officials who, quote, extort, unquote, on the Colombian-Venezuelan border. In an interview, Bernal admitted that there are officials working on the borders who want to violate the law and intend to turn the border crossing into a business. For this reason, he extended the invitation to report this irregularity through his Instagram account at Freddy Bernalben. Next up, on Thursday the 12th, Ramon Velázquez, Minister of Transportation, reported that between January the 20th and 23rd, 1,000 Sina brand vehicles manufactured by the Iranian company Saipa will arrive in the country. On social media, Velázquez said they are already, quote, preparing another batch of 2,000 vehicles in Iranian ports. IKCO brand cars will be sent in this shipment, which will leave for the country in February, unquote. Moving on, on Tuesday, the 17th, Nickmer Evans, pre-candidate of the Democracy and Inclusion Movement for their presidential primaries, reported that he is withdrawing from the primary elections organized by the Democratic Unitary Platform. His reason, he said that, quote, the primary elections are organized by those who threaten the true unity of the Venezuelan opposition, end quote. The other person who spoke about the opposition primaries this week was Maria Corina Machado, national coordinator of the Vente Venezuela political party on Tuesday the 17th Machado proposed the use of manual voting for the primaries she said that this way they would prevent the Maduro government from sabotaging these elections on the party's website Machado stated that there are forces in the country that operate with the Maduro regime and are looking to sabotage the elections In other news, on Tuesday, the 17th, the Venezuelan Observatory of Social Conflict reported 28 protests in different states of Venezuela. In the last seven days, there have been protests in almost all regions of the country, including Caracas. Thousands of workers demand wage increases since the minimum wage, an amount set by the government, is $7 a month. Diosdado Cabello, vice president of the united socialist party of venezuela assured that the maduro administration is aware that payments are low cabello blamed quote the sanctions imposed by the united states the blockades and the theft of the assets unquote. speaking of cabello on wednesday the 18th he announced that he will present a bill against ngos to the chavista national assembly In his TV program Con el Mazo Dando, Cabello proposed the creation of a law that regulates the financing, operation, and use of the, quote, misnamed, unquote, non-governmental organizations to find out who finances them. On the same day, the Venezuelan Humanitarian Fund, or FPH, reported that the United Nations donated more than $6 million to NGOs. In a statement, the FHV explained that the money will help 55,000 people in the states of Amazonas, Apure and Sucre. The organization said that with this money, they plan to invest in nutrition, accommodation, energy, household goods and education. It will also address health, food security, livelihoods, water, sanitation and protection needs. Next up, on Tuesday 17th, the Venezuelan Episcopal Conference reported that Pope Francis appointed Cardinal Baltasar Porras, current Bishop of Mérida, as Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Caracas. In other news, on Saturday the 14th, the Aquática Park in Zulia State was closed after the death of a four-year-old boy that took place last Friday the 13th. Outlet media Esconusted.com reported that the infant drowned after falling from a slide at 3 p.m. and not receiving first aid. The minor's relatives transferred the child to Veritas Children's Hospital where he arrived without vital signs. His relatives denounced the lack of tools and personnel to deal with an emergency. Another tragedy occurred on Monday, the sixteenth. More than ten thousand families were left homeless after a landslide occurred on the San Antonio San Diego de los Altos National Highway. To date, the Miranda state authorities and the national government have not ruled on the situation or supported the clearance work. Next up, on Saturday, the fourteenth, Venezuelan Amanda Dudamel became the first runner-up in the Miss Universe pageant held in New Orleans, United States. The American R. Bonnie Gabriel was crowned Miss Universe 2022, while the Dominican Andreina Martinez positioned herself as the second runner-up. On social media, a video went viral where the former soccer player, now a dedicated soccer coach and soccer analyst, Rafael Dudamel, hugged his daughter Amanda after not achieving the long-awaited crown. Following this news on Monday, the 16th, Maduro expressed his disagreement with the results of Miss Universe 2022. The president assured that the organization quote, robbed, unquote, the crown that belonged to Venezuela. Good news! On Sunday, the 15th, the Venezuelan motorcyclist Nicolas Cardona managed to reach the finish line for the fifth time in the same number of appearances in the Dakar Rally, one of the most demanding editions of the last 15 years. Cardona covered more than 4,500 timed kilometres divided into 15 stages and a prologue totaling almost 8,000 kilometres with the links included. He finished the race in 56 hours, finishing 21st in the Moto 2 category with the Pedregal team from Spain. And that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way, you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at, at Rorshock.com. Hasta la próxima.